Shane Cameron was the go? Well, I mean, one of the biggest events of all time was actually 10 years ago this, this year. Um, it changed broadcasting for sport, and that was when Shane Cameron called out David Tua. Yeah, with big words, and we get to hear from the man tonight. But he had an illustrious career. He won just about every... Well, sorry. I think he won more titles than Joseph Parker. He won every regional title that there was to collect outside of the USA. So he won everything. He won the Parva, the Pan Pack, undefeated in the USA for his time up there. He won a major promotional contract with Gary Shaw from HBO, who is still, to this day, one of the biggest promoters and has had more world champions come through his books than anyone else. He went up there and fought on, on Gary's cards and promoted by Gary. He sparred Mike Tyson. There's a story in that. Of course, he fought David to him. We all know that, but there's lots we don't know. Um, obviously, also, obviously not a great judge of character, though. He had some fine management at certain times of his career, and we'll talk about that because that's, that's probably not, not been well known for, uh, for various reasons, and we'll go into that as well. But a very interesting guy, a shepherd from Tinirojo that got his mother to do his homework and found out his straight A's when he was riding on the, the back of the horse up top, neutering sheep and giving them mountain oysters. <laughs> so mandatory that we have a super... Si I can't do this every week, Saki. All right, here's to Shane Cameron. Oh. Radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how old were you when you moved out of home? Oh, I would have been... Because um, I, I, left, I left school after the first term of the third form. So, really? So what's it? Twelve weeks. I did twelve weeks at high school, and I persuaded mum and dad to put me on correspondence. And they, are, oh yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So I went up there, and then uh, I started working for a guy. So I, I went did the correspondence for maybe maybe a month. I said, I'm fucking. Uh, you can you do my school with? I said, I want to go up and work for Mike Sheriff. There's a guy that I work for. Yeah, okay then. Yeah. And dad really didn't really care, mate. He just fucking he just came to work every day and come home went to the pub and come home and just that was his routine. We sort of never really seen him. You know, and never really focused on, you know, he was not very educated anyway, you know, so, you know, I thought, oh, man, you don't have to be brainy to be a farmer, you know, I thought, shit, you know, you don't have to be able to read or write or anything like that. I was dyslexic and still am dyslexic, you know, so I'm much better reader now, but, like, yeah, it was a struggle, but, like, um, and the thing is, like, confidence in life is, yeah, it's all about confidence, you know, like, so I was not confident at school, not confident in, in, in any academic stuff because I was not good at it, you know, yeah. so then I just did whatever it takes to not be involved in it. Oh, mum, can I leave school? You know, I think mum and dad, and they, they weren't big on the education side anyway because they're not very educated. And so it's like anything you don't want to push yourself. You know, now I push myself into areas where I, I feel uncomfortable, but I like to challenge myself and yeah. grow myself. But at that time, I managed to try and, try and take the easiest road possible. Yeah, but yeah, but leaving home at that young—that's that, hard, eh? Yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, that must have been tough. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was. Um, it was uh, oh, I loved it though. Yeah. I loved it because I didn't want to be at home. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to be at home. And the so, guy where I stayed. Well, so so the shepherd, uh, like farming, like how? So that from that age, what? So when did you get into boxing then? Oh, not till I was at uh, twenty. Uh, yeah, just before. Uh, so, so so, are we on? Are we yeah. on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> this, is, this isn't Mike Tyson's one, mate. There's no weed here, mate. Yeah. <laughs> this is totally good. I see the sake there. I was like, shit, man, when the joint's coming out. <laughs> yeah, lucky I'm not a smoker, eh? so it's all right. <laughs> or a sake drinker. <laughs> but, um, yeah... Uh, yeah, we were, we were at the, at the boxing twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah didn't start till later on, but um, the, the that's the old farm, though, eh? Twenty's yeah, yeah, old yeah, for boxing, yeah, right? Yeah, 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah sort of. So, pretty really well, so, of, you know? so how did you get it? So, so my grandfather, from from a young boy growing up, um, as as we just discussed, is um, farming was yeah. my my mum and dad lived in the country. They, they never were fortunate enough to have a farm, but they, they lived yeah. in the area. Dad lived the, worked on local farms and that in the area, and I just loved farming, loved horses, loved dogs. Um, so from a young age, I was, I was riding horses. Uh, got my first dog at maybe like ten years old, she, a sheep dog, you know. And then you go through a lot of dogs. Um, it's like like anything. You need a good team of sheep dogs. Yeah. Uh, to make a to make a good day's work. You know, if you've got bad dogs, and it's a pretty shit day yeah. at work. You know. <laughs> so, but I loved it. I put everything. I put all my energy into energy into everything that I that I choose to do. You know. And it certainly wasn't schooling at that time. You know. Yeah, yeah. And it never really was. But um, it was, it was dogs, and, and and that was my goal. You know. Just uh, so I left school officially at fifteen. But um, that was after Mum did my my correspondence for for three years. Yeah, I left school, I went to Lytton High in Gisborne for the first term, uh, put, persuaded mum and dad to put me on correspondence, uh, and they, they, they agreed. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I didn't really do any schoolwork. Mum did my schoolwork, and I worked for Mike Sheriff up the road, which was, which was good. I, was, I just loved it, loved the farming, just, just yeah, picked up, you know, I could chew a horse by the time I was 15, and shear a sheep by the time I was 13. And, yeah, so I I'm, off, I'm, about I'm off a farm? Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm... Um, I came off the farm and unable to drive a tractor, ride a motorbike, or shoot a gun. Yeah, right. So yeah. my father, I'm like the opposite. <laughs> the opposite. I'm the opposite. My father, I'm sure my father like thought something was really up. Eh? You know, he's like, this. did you? Uh... So, so I, as I'm listening to this, I'm like, oh, I'm a failure. <laughs> <laughs> up in Dargaville. Do they have uh, mountain oysters? <laughs> I know what mountain oysters are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shane was an expert at that, apparently. The old famous, famous mountain. Hey, so, so, but, so, well, so from there though, why? How did you get into at twenty? All of a sudden, you decide I'm going to go boxing, so, or what was it? So, um, when I was talking about you know important sheepdogs in there for you, so I worked on two big sheep stations. And the last place I worked on, which is in Wattle, um, it's sort of fourteen and a half thousand acres, and. I was a shepherd there. Really loved the place. It was good hunting and just everything about farming. You know, it was, in, it was really remote. You know, it was sort of an hour twenty from Gisborne, so we just just stay up there for however long. But um, um, yeah, yeah, I went down to, to the kennel early one morning to let the dogs out of the kennel, and, and two of them, had, uh, one had died, and one was nearly dead. They must have eaten some rat poison or something, you know. So uh, I rushed the other one to the to the vet and. Uh, the managed to recover that one, and it was just a turning point, you know. I worked out, man, you get certain turning points in your life where you take different pathways, yeah. You know, because my goal and aspirations, and 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 all I knew was farming. All I wanted to know, all I wanted to to, to soak up was more farming, more how to, how to how to be better, more horses, and better my dogs, and, and hopefully one day may, maybe manage and own a farm one day. But uh, so I got to that point, and um, yeah, I opened the, you know, just a turning point where. Um, the dog's done, but I still could do my job, you know. It was a very, very good dog that had died. And, and I just, just switched, I just handed him my notice, I gave a month's notice to, my, to, the, uh, to the manager, uh, Mark Law, he's still there now, and uh, went to England. But I only planned to go there for six months, and the reason I went to England was, was because um, that's what Kiwis did, you know. And I knew a few people that did the OE. It was quite, quite big and very popular, the OE. I didn't even know what OE meant at the time, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but it was like, I'm going out my way. And my mum was like petrified. She's like, oh, I don't think my son knows where the hell he's going. Yeah, yeah. so within a month, I'd sold, sold my dogs and farmed some of them out and sold my horses and sold my truck. And I planned to 
come back to New Zealand after six months, but I went to the UK and, and partied and went to the Pamplona running with the Bulls and had a good time. And and then, uh, like, to talk about another turning point, I was watching some t boxing on TV. <clears throat> My grandfather used to box back in the 1920s in Wellington, so I was always inspired by listening to his boxing stories. Yeah. You know, when we used to go down there on holiday, you know, but, like, I was like, man, I'd love to give that sport a go, man, I'd love to give boxing a go. I was the only brother that was sort of interested in it, you know, I'd love to give it a go, but where we lived... In the middle of nowhere, there was nothing there. You know, there was yeah. a rugby club that played once a year. You know, so <laughs> there was nothing there. You know, and uh, when I went to England, I was watching a bo boxing on TV. It was Prince Nazim Hamad, actually. Uh, yeah, he was I pretty thought, yeah, awesome yeah, to watch. Yeah, he? he was an entertainer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was watching. Now, so within three days, I found a boxing club in um, South of London, or our South of London. And that was it. So I was 19, 19 and a half. We took on to talk halves. And then I trained for three months. I had my first fight on the week of my 20th birthday. Wow. And then uh, won, won a um, yeah, Southern Counties title, which is what it was. And then, yeah, within a year and a half, I was ranked number three in England. And then four years later, I won a bronze medal at the Commonwealth Games and then turned pro and all just, yeah, and then all of a sudden, 17 years of boxing. So, so Shane, when you're, up, when you're up in England, you did some work as a home kill butcher, is that right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I used, to have a, used to have a mount. Didn't, didn't you go around to a, a um, they had a little hobby farm and they had a, <laughs> a pet sheep? Oh, yeah, 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 that? that's right. You've got a good memory, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, 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 was the, what was the incident? Do you remember that? Yeah, we went around, a, a mate of mine had, had a little <laughs> little lifestyle block and uh, a few of the farmers in the local area, they, just, they, they said that... Um, uh, he used to do home kills just for himself. And they go, oh, can you come around and, and we've got, we got a lamb that wants to be, um, you know... Yeah. Butchered. Butchered, yeah, <laughs> or, or killed and taken care of. So so <laughs> they brought the bucket out, they brought a bucket out, and like, I'm, I'm there, because I was, you know, was my mate, he talks it up, but he don't know, doesn't know anything, you know. <clears throat> go, yeah, I'll bring my Kiwi mate around, you know, we'll sort it out. And then, uh, so they're bringing a bucket, Oh, let's go. And then there's the, all the sheep come running, and he's like, Oh, there's Jimmy, where's Jimmy? Jimmy's over there's Jimmy, that's the one we got to take. And I'm like, Oh, this one here, yeah, like, yeah. Boom, I just grabbed it, cut its throat, and it was just bled it on the ground. And they're like, Oh my god, I thought you were gonna take him away and kill him. <laughs> the kids are crying. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were gonna take him away. Okay, I said, No, no, what do you want? Chops and <laughs> chops and roast. I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back in bags on Friday. Oh, the, the following Friday, yeah. Or three days later, once they're hanging them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Something we did, uh, like, we all come from every day, you know, just normal. Hey, oh, Jimmy, Jimmy's gone. So <clears throat> learning in England, effectively yeah. learning your skills in England, England, was that an advantage, do you think, in terms of sort of speeding up your process? Or well, like, well, could you have... Picked up the same skills, or, or you know, did you box that slightly different because of that um, versus, say, New Zealand? If you'd learn it here, yeah, I think that's a good, that's a good point. Actually, it's it's it was uh, in England. It's 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 big, you know. It's big. Like they have a ranking system over there for the amateurs. That's when I said to you before I was ranked number three in England because you know you you don't really know your rankings here in New Zealand unless you're number one. Um, but you know they have a full ranking system that comes out in the paper once and once a month. They have a boxing monthly and stuff. So it's really big. And um, but the bigger Australia's like that as well, isn't it? Yeah, it probably would be. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of fights. You, know, you get a lot of fights. Like yeah, um, there's some tough, tough English boys, eh? Yeah, yeah. There is. Yeah, and different sort of style to here. Different style, but it's it's 
Yeah, it was good. I, I was just, I was just so engrossed in it. Eh? I just, I just yeah. loved it. I went from drinking like four or five nights a week to like not drinking for like three or six months at a time. Just, yeah, yeah. just loved it. Just trained. I just really, you know, I was really a pro athlete then. If I look at it now, you know, yeah. but even though I was still working. I just, but everything I thought about, you know, even when like I was working as a landscape gardener, you know, I'm pushing the wheelbarrow full of concrete in and then I'm stopping them. All I'm thinking about is the boxing and think like, oh, it's boring tonight. On this one, this one I need to learn. Yeah, yeah. You know, I stop and I start shadow boxing the leaf. There's a leaf on the tree. <laughs> 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 I'm punching, I'm moving my head and things. And I look across and my boss is looking at me, just nodding and says, hurry up, get over here. <laughs> yeah. Get over here and have a cup of tea. They love a cup of tea over there. <laughs> <laughs> one time my boss, he's like, um, we're on this job, you know, and uh, you know, working away hard out and thing. I think the lady comes in and it was when I first started working for him. And he goes, oh, would you, if we just only just started, oh, would you boys like a cup of coffee? Hey, I'm thinking, fucking no, I ain't got time for a cup of coffee, you know? <laughs> and they all go, yes, 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 gets to me. No, no, I'm all right, I'm all right. Hey, the lady, okay then, walks away, and then the boss just goes, never, ever turn down a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you don't like it, just tip it on the side, but never, ever refuse one, because they may never, they may, they may never ask you again. <laughs> all right, so we're from there to like, fucking hell, where's our coffee? <laughs> <laughs> we just get on the side out, and look at you, look, look at that, look at that lady, she's not even gonna come and offer us a coffee. <laughs> Hey, gone from hard working to lazy. <laughs> lazy and all I worried about was boxing. Ah, let's go. Yeah, yeah. So so it was uh What so was there one or two coaches over who was the one, most influential yeah. coach that, that yeah. you had there? Yeah, one coach. I had one coach over there and, and old George McKenzie is he sort of took took me in as a father figure really, you know, he was he was really good and, and he was just, yeah, like Sunday dinners. They were big on their Sunday dinners and I yeah. went around there and, you know, we do training. We just trained every day and it was, you know, it was really good. Yeah, I think I think why I love the sport so much is because of, you know, yeah. how he got behind me and just, 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 just backed me all the way, you know. And if I look at it in terms of skill factor and, and, and stuff, you know, bless him, but he's not the most skilled coach and, you know, te technique-wise, not very good, but... Man, he supported me and just gave me all the support possible, you know. So, yeah, I was ready. Sometimes, really, sometimes yeah. that's all you need, though, right? It's yeah. The, it's the right type of influence at the right yeah. time, as opposed because yeah. you know the other bits you can pick up, even even yeah. off other boxers or yeah. other or other sports people, right? You yeah. can sort of like pick bits up if yeah. you, once you're into it. You do. You, you talk yeah. about like I don't even know what video analysis was then, but you think I did it all the time. Yeah, you know, I did it all the time. I'm always watching stuff. Like he, he pushed me hard. I was fit, and he's really behind me and supported me. And man, I was just keen to get to training, keen to get to training. But when I'd leave training, I'll be watching fights. I'd go and watch fights, watch tapes. And I'll, if I have a fight, I get, try and get some of the video. Then I'll watch it, watch, and all. I'll just pick all the bad stuff that I did. Yeah, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to do. This is what I got hit with that shot, and you know. So I didn't even know what video analysis was, but I look back far. I did, I did all that back then, you know, because I wanted to. You know, I didn't have much time really. You know, if you look at it, I just, and. And my, my mentality, and it's the same mentality I have with, with work today, is I want to see how far I can get. Yeah. You know, some of the boxing was like, oh, let's see how far I can go. Yeah, let's yeah. see how far I can go, you know, and that, that was the <coughs> same as now. Let's see how much I can achieve. Yeah. And so so tell me, like, you came back to New Zealand. So so where was that? So was that KL? Where was that? Which was the. No, it was in game? Manchester. Manchester. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, if we talk about turning points again, I was talking to my brother, Rob. Uh, my older brother um, uh, in England, well, I was in England, and he said, why don't you come home and qualify for the Commonwealth Games team? Because I'd been boxing over there for maybe four, four years. Yeah. And 
<clears throat> I couldn't make the England team because I wasn't a Kiwi. And then um, uh, he said that. I'm going, oh, you reckon I could do that? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've talked to him now, he's like, he doesn't even know. He just goes, oh, I don't know. Like, I just thought it was a great idea, you know? So, yeah, within literally a month again, I'd sold my truck, you know? I, 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 I um, sold my tools, but, like, I was just part... I was working full-time for the for the, the guy. I, I did the shadow boxing for during the week, the pushing the wheel, bro, but then I did my work on the weekends. But, yeah, sold the truck and then and, and come home, you know, after four years. And I, I stationed myself and uh, he looked for, he was living, my brother was living in Levin at the time. Yeah. And he said, there's either Palmerston North or Fielding. You know, I said, which one's closer? He said, oh, Fielding. I said, oh, I'm going there then. So I went to Fielding and got to meet him and Schuster and trained him. And yeah, so, so in my mentality was like, so hey, you touched on about, you know, being in England, you know, think I might have progressed a lot faster as opposed to being in New Zealand. So it was my mentality coming over here, I'm going to clean up all the New Zealanders. You know, they don't know how to fight. That was just my mentality, you know, because I've been in England fighting over there, you know, they can't match me. So it was, uh, I trained with Henry for two weeks and I'm like, oh, give me a fight, I'll have a fight, you know, I'll fight anyone. And he goes, oh, there's a boy, um, Lance Bryant, who was, um, who uh, lived, uh, fought out of Masters and, and he was the number one, number one Oceania champion, just knocked out the Australian number one, Paul Miller, and <clears throat> he, was, he was the kingpin, you know. And they go, oh, you, yeah, no one will fight him. Do you want to fight him? I say, yeah, I'll fight him. Yeah, but this is my mentality. I didn't have any respect for, you know, just yeah. if I, and and I, and I fought him. I beat him, beat him good, and um, you know, so it just it just set me on my set me on my way, you know. And so I was in that qualifying stage, and then my coach, because I was in that I was in that weight division really, because I wasn't that big. So I was sitting around. When I fought Lance, would have been 80, 82 kilos. 82 kilos, and I didn't know how to put on weight and to diet or anything like that. So I tried to make light heavy. My coach said to me, oh, Henry, he said to me, I want you to try and make light heavy weight. It'll be better for you. I couldn't make it. And I just I said to him, if you don't let me go back to heavyweight, you know, I'm, I'm going to go back to England. So he let me go to heavyweight, and then that's where, that's where my, my division was, really. Where's heavyweight? What's, where's heavyweight? Well, yeah, as an amateur, it's, it's heavyweight's only under 91 kilos. Under right. 91, yeah. yeah. So I sat around about Heavyweight. 80. Heavyweight, yeah. So what? So what? So down to what? Yeah, it goes 81 to 91. Is so a, that's a, heavyweight. Yeah, that's the amateur. Uh, from from 81 to 91. So if you're 82, then your class is heavyweight. So uh, and then you're if you're 91 plus, or then that's super heavyweight. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so like Anthony Joshua, like that's that small, quite small weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. So I won the New Zealand heavyweight title at, at uh, 85 kilos. Right, but so you're giving even, away even, six yeah, yeah. kilos. Yeah, I gave away, yeah, to a lot bigger, bigger boy, but <clears throat> didn't worry me at the time. But uh, yeah, and then when I turned pro and got involved with the Warriors and eating creamy rice every day, and <laughs> I blew right up to 107, but that was that was good. That's what I needed to do, eh, you know? But um, no, no, it's, 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 it, was, it, was, it was good. And, and even the Commonwealth Games was, it was a great thing, man. This is, you know, I remember, like, country kid, like... Just never thought this ever would happen, you know. Yeah. And then I'm there. Um, that was when Valerie, Valerie, um, Valerie Villi at the time, but Valerie Adams, uh, or vice versa. I'm not sure which one it goes, but um, she was there as a 17 year old. She just come from the worlds. Ah, oh, that's when yeah. she had landed yeah. on the scene. Yeah, she just won. She just she just won the world <laughs> junior world champs. Yeah, and then she'd come to um, Commonwealth Games, and like I would have been 24, 24, then 25, and we're in the food hall. Eating away and and like I was like dripping wet at like eighty six kilos, eighty seven kilos, and she, man, she's six foot four and 
I didn't know who she was. And I go, <coughs> and we're sitting there, like, we're sitting there next to each other, actually. <coughs> and <coughs> she's like talking away. She goes, oh, really? Uh, um, yeah, I'll do the boxing. She goes, oh, OK, yeah. And she goes, what way do you? I'm thinking, fuck, there's no way I'm saying heavyweight. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, oh, uh, lightweight. <laughs> oh, lightweight, oh, OK, yeah. I'm thinking, holy shit, she monstered me, eh? <laughs> but even when she was down the gym training with the Warriors, that, she yeah. was intimidating most of the players, oh, you know? Yes, yes, yes. So you went, you went through, did great at the amateurs. Yeah. Tell us how you ended up with Team Tour and where you ended up. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, after the Commonwealth Games, I won a bronze medal and I... Um, I come back and I was living in Fielding at the time, so I was like in limbo. I was just like, Fuck, "What do I do? You know, won this, won the medal, and what do I do? Stay because another two more years, and I would have easily qualified for the Olympics, which was 2000 Sydney." Um, I had a couple of promoters contact me from Australia, but it wasn't that appealing. And then Kevin Barry, Kevin Barry contacted me. Yeah. Through Danny Codling, yes. Uh, so I come to Auckland, did some training with him. He said, yeah, basically, I'll try you out. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't sign a contract. And, yeah, we had... I did, they, they went back. That's when I met David. And then um, they went back to the US, did a camp. I didn't go back on that one. So I stayed here. And that's how I met Kenny Rainsfield. Kenny trained me for my first fight. So my first fight here at the ABA. And then had two, two more fights. Oh, so after that, <clears throat> then <clears throat> Team Tour come back. And I went back on the on the second trip, uh, and had yeah, two or three fights under Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah went, went 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 really good. Um, you know, I was fighting guys that I should have beat easy anyway, which I didn't. It was just a great great experience, you know, like a, yeah. like tour, like you know, ended up fighting each other. But man, I still, were you sparring uh, David up there? Uh, I did. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I did. How was that as young bloke? He was, he was world yeah, class at the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Hard. Like a lot of respect for the guy, you know. <coughs> yeah. It's funny how we ended up fighting each other and, and the banter that went on, but yeah, we'll know, I looked to up that. to the fellow, you know. I still look up to him, you know. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah he's yeah. still an inspiration, man. To... Yeah. So how, at that time, so he's older than you, right? Is yeah. He, so yeah. at that time, how, was he ranked, was that sort of the time oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that was he was... Lewis. That was after he fought Lewis. Right, OK. Yeah, yeah. When he fought Lewis, I didn't even start boxing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I remember watching, uh, watching the, watching. The, no, I just started. I just boxing. wanted to throw a couple of, you know, haymakers in that fight. <laughs> hey, it's kind of it's just like frustrating. It's not that easy. I know <laughs> Lewis is just like you know. One of the greatest of all time. Lewis is one of the greatest of all time. But, yeah, yeah, but, but David was world class all the time. He was still oh, knocking yeah, out great yeah. opponents yeah. back then. Well, you he know? fought, he fought Ruckman. He fought Ruckman this for the second time. And so obviously you can't talk about what went on between Kevin and David and Marty. Yeah. But you came home before the split. I came home, yeah, I come home when, when, when we come home and then... Good terms? Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah, no, it was good terms. No, we come home, everyone was, was good and then David, <clears throat> there's rumours David wasn't going to go back and there was all this, these rumours going around and he actually caught up with us and, 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 and said, man, this is not, not looking good. So where does this guy fit in? Because you had some relationship with him at some point, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, he, I, I, I can actually tell. So did you go from did you to, did you go from Kevin Barry to Mick Watson? Yeah, yeah. Did, yeah, you, did yeah. you need some outside advice on like people, <laughs> you know, people, you know? It was more complicated than that. It actually happened. We had Lance Revel. Lance Revel. Yeah. Lance Revel was our boxing so trainer. That Lance Revel is there is there's a true story that Lance Revel got in the ring and sparred with 
Muhammad Ali, but sort of tried to throw a couple, and then Muhammad Ali what? sort of got a bit tasty with it. No, is what? that a true story? Is that urban myth? No, the story. The story is that, and I heard this from. Um, We're getting off piece. We are. No, it's a good. Worth, worth telling the story. Lance told me this story himself. So the story comes from Lance Revel. Yeah. So he got in the ring. They volunteers jump in. Ali and, and Lance jumped in like this, and Ali was just playing around. Because Lance was New Zealand champ or something. Yeah, he could fight. No yeah. that. And way too tough, way too tough for his own good, if that makes sense. And, that, and toward, towards the end of the round, Lance actually threw off a couple of shots and got through. And people in the crowd started yelling out, he's a pro. He's a pro. <laughs> Ding! And Lance, couldn't, Lance was trying to get the gloves off. As as Ali, Ali had cottoned on and started yelling, one more round, champ. One more round. He's trying to get the gloves on. He's trying to keep the, the gloves on. <laughs> So he, he, he got one more round, and Ali only hit him with his jab. Lance said, I didn't see it coming, and he kept, kept calling him champ all the way through the round. <laughs> oh, you're going good champ. You're looking good champ. Hey, you're the champ. Pa, pa. Lance told me that story and said, you know, he, he could have told me up. But, but I'll tell you now, I mean, we've all got an opinion of Lance Rowe. He, he's... He, it's a shame. He did great things for the sport. He could have, yeah, he yeah. would have played ball with us all a little more. He would have done more things. But back to Shane Cameron. I was actually wandering through a supermarket. Lance Revel was our boxing coach, was you know, on an alternative cross-training yep. coaching. This is when you're at the Warriors. At the Warriors. And um, you know, the boys complained because he'd be getting them to, <laughs> to belt each other two days out from a game and stuff and full contact and, <laughs> and all this. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm getting I'm playing footy. So you got Ali Dalti and players like that who <laughs> wanted to do this. Lance has got them on their knees, punching the shit out of each other. So Daniel's come to me and said, "No, nah, no, nah, it's not going to work. We we need to find someone else." And literally, within a day or two, I was at the supermarket, and there's Danny Conley pushing his trolley through the supermarket. What are you doing? I, you know, I knew him from Philadelphia and from Team Tour. I'm back, and um, I'm, you know, I'm looking for a job. And I'm like, "You got a new job?" Welcome to the Warriors. So Danny comes on as the boxing coach. And uh, he just comes to me one day and, and um, you know, we had... We, weren't, we, we were doing rugby league, but we were uh, very entrepreneurial, looking for other, other yeah. opportunities and stuff. Yeah. Like cheating the salary count. Like cheating the salary count. It's always good. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so the, the only bad thing about it is getting caught. So, uh, so uh, which I never got caught. That was the next one. <laughs> but anyway, so he talked to me about Shane. And it's interesting Shane says that because we used to do, Shane and I would do a lot of video together. We, we lived on, that's what, that was our bread and butter was video. You know, we'd do frame by frame and we'd talk. It was, it was amazing. And um, so he showed me Shane and I was like, wow, that's really interesting. I grew up in boxing in Australia, a new sport, but it was, it was beyond that. I was looking at a new event, which meant a new broadcast, which meant current sports grows again as an entertainment opportunity and we can help a young guy Achieve his dreams. Yeah. So I talked to the boss and um, and we signed Shane and we thought we'd learn to See, I remember, I remember that time because I was, I must have still been playing cricket. Because yeah. I remember it was like, because <clears throat> he sort of, he, he was like the mafioso, or he tried to project, you know, I'm the boss of the Warriors and I've got my grey skivvy on and my... And I'm like, you know, I'll work out. I work out. I work out at the gym. You know, I'm fitter than the. I'm fitter than my team. And then, like, and then you, your crowd turned up, and it was like, I just remember looking across the fence from the cricket side and going, 
who do these guys think they are? It's like, the, it's like gangsters and mafia. It was like, but no, but it was always a night, it was always an entertaining game at the Warriors box. It was like, she's always oh, like, shit, look at all these famous great faces. Yeah. Was he any good? Yeah, yeah, I just want to touch on that. It's like uh, when I uh, when I come back from, you know, the, the team tour falling apart and, you know, I found myself in limbo again, you know, I think, shit, man, I don't have a promoter, I don't have any fights booked. Um, I fought in Christchurch. And just before I fought in Christchurch was um, uh, Danny Cotter rang me up and he said that, um, that uh, Mick Watson wants to have a meeting with me. So um, that's the best thing that ever happened to me, to be honest. You know, um, I uh, come to Auckland and and everything that Mick um, said he'd do, he done it. He he achieved it and gave me more than what he ever offered. You know, so it was it was it was, it was set me up. You know, set me up in terms of where my career is going, uh, in terms of um, strategic planning, video analysis. Uh, let's plan for this guy who we're fighting, bringing in sparring partners from all, you know, from the US. And man, like the sparring partners, sparring was a lot harder than the fights, you know, and so, I'm, which is good. And, and that's how it needs to be. And, I, and, I've, and I've learned that, that yeah. way. And, and so, so, you know, I wouldn't have achieved what I achieved if it wasn't for, for, for Mick Watson, you know, for, for, oh, him, yeah. for him bringing me on board, for him bringing me on board and giving me the opportunity. And I would have been still down, down in fielding, maybe pruning that's trees or something, nice. you know, so. So I, I never forget, yeah, I never forget what, what Mick did with me and did for oh, me. Good and, on you, mate. It's nice. and it's uh that was really good. It was a great experience, man. I was you know, been involved with the Warriors, you know, it's just, man, they were they were, you know, um a great organization to be organization to be involved in. And, you know, we laughed about it, you know, eating cream rice and but I needed to put the size on, you know, when, when I got him when when I signed with um the Cullen Investments, I don't know what I weighed, maybe ninety five kilos or something, and then I got all the way up to hundred and seven and but it was all done. It was all done right, you know. Yeah. Like everything was right. The training program, we had a weeks. Like I never lived like this before. Yeah, you know, we were involved like with, with team tour, man. Nothing was really scheduled, or you know, you just go for a run and or you train, did the train, but nothing really was specific. And you know, you keep track, and I'm always still keep a diary today. I always write my write yeah, what I do that day. Load, like, yeah, yeah, still you and your strength training is workout. Oh shit, I've got a lot stronger from from last time, and then your sprinting training and. You were know, doing sprints with Keir Hansen, who was a strength and conditioning coach for the Warriors at the time, and man, it was awesome. So I was super fit, man. I was super fit. No one could match me. You know, yeah. No one could match me with, with my fitness. You know, um, with, with 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 anything really. Well, I've, I've to- I'm sure I'm sure I've told this to Shane, but he may not remember. And I promise you, this is gospel. Daniel Anderson loved him. Like I mean, loved him. And he used to say, you know, if I if I could get these other buggers to execute what I want, the way this bloke does. <laughs> And then in 2004, and I swear to God it's true in the pre-season, he was sitting there with his hat off one day and he jotting things out. And he had what he did, he used to have a, a succession plan board, you know, and it'd be like, here's the squad, and then in this side in red would be the succession plan, and then it's the, the, the development squad in, in green over here, and then he had Smokies over here. And so we're sitting there on the board, and I'm like, bang, bang, yep, yep, yeah, it's okay, see that. Who's Cameron? And he's like, Shane Cameron. And I, I'm, I'm over here thinking, Shane Cameron in Australia, is he playing like <laughs> Is he up in the Queensland Cup? Shane Cameron? And he goes, Mush. And I'm like, how's Shane Cameron? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. He goes, mate, he's exactly the same as Carl Tamata. I'll put him in the back row. I'll give him a role to do. So he, Shane started training. Did he talk to you about this? Yeah. 
So yeah. <laughs> he was going. He was. I promise you, at the end of two thousand and four, and especially with the season we had, yeah. if Daniel Anderson had stayed with the Warriors, I will bet my bottom dollar that Shane would have made his debut. For <laughs> he loved him because Daniel's a technical coach. Like Carl Tomato. I mean, you're probably better. Than, no, no offense, Carl. You know, Shane's probably um, he's a better athlete than Carl. Carl Daniel, a technical coach, can achieve whatever he wants based on a, a spectrum of yeah. role. You know, and we all know that. He was, he was a, you know, like the Warriors loved him. He loved the Warriors. And inside the Warriors, Shane had his own little laboratory. You know, he had his own boxing centre there. So, that, yeah, so, well, I guess that's the, that's true professional sport right there, right? So that yeah. was your sort of taste of... Yeah, yeah, a taste of professionalism and, and how, how, how it's done, you know. I think in my perfect world, I'd love to have something like that one, one day, but a lot of those traits I've, I've picked up and learnt and mm. I still carry that on with my... Because no-one else does it. Yeah. The boxing is still old school, it's man. Old like, school. No-one does video analysis. I do it with my fighters and then they go out and they go, man, that was such an easy fight because we watch the video analysis and so we focus on, you know, yeah, yeah. these are the two things I want you to focus on with this guy. Other than that, I want you to focus on just doing what you do best, you know? Yeah, yeah. We'd, we'd have a matchmaker say to us, you know, well, you guys can you can win the pub or you can win the Commonwealth, something, some title out there. you got first a lot of money to go for that. Oh, yeah, okay, that's... There was no YouTube. It's not like these days, nah, you know? Nah. There was no box wreck. Mm. Oh, so there was box wreck. Box it was the only yeah. thing we had to go by. Yeah. So you look at someone like Sherman Williams, who was uh, from Jamaica or Trinidad or yeah, somewhere, yeah. Commonwealth um, boxer, and uh, Taurus Sykes, for instance, in the States. And the matchmaker would be saying to us, no, it's, it, you know, it's easy and easy. And we'd get, we'd get someone to send over tape from the States and, and we'd sit down and look at it and go, no, it's not worth it. It's not, it's not worth the risk to get that title. Every title has a value to shame. And, I, you know, I, that's a whole other story, but I actually never, the whole time I had Shane, I never watched his fight. I never watched him fight once. I watched him later on tape. Because there was there was too much riding. I'd sit in the dressing room and just wait until he came back and hold my breath. <laughs> because there was there was too much riding. At the same stage, I used to say to Shane, just just thank the owners and the sponsors and, and all, don't don't mention me for fuck's sake. It's no good for you. <laughs> hey, That's so, true. Right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. First of all, I'm I'm a bit disappointed. I was expecting you to trash him. So hoping, <laughs> hoping. So that's that, that sort of backfired on me slightly. Yeah. I, 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 um, I hold my breath as well. <laughs> But um, but you know, one, the, you know, the biggest thing, you know, I was obviously aware of you as, as most of New Zealand was. Um, but you know, the real moment that you sort of came, I guess, into the brightest lights, and I think it's that's the it was the am I right in saying it was the first ever pay per view? Was it the rock? Uh, am I right in saying yeah, it was the first yeah. ever pay per view when you fought David Tua? Was that the first ever? It was the first ever pay per view. That's right. That's right. But but. But what happened? It was because it was massive, right? It was because here's the thing: because I because I was a bit of a sledger in yeah. cricket. So yeah. cricket's yeah. a weird sport. Yeah. In that you can say you can sort of say what you want to someone and they can't hit you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless or except the bowler can try yeah. and hit you, yeah, you know. Right. But yeah. like, yeah. Um, I always I always remember talking to um, a rugby player and he was like, and he was like, mate, you couldn't get away with saying that on a footy oh, field. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, probably, probably a um, good lesson in that. But um, but I remember that you, you know, the the thing I remember about that fight with with David Tua is, you know, you came out hot at one of the press conferences and sort of basically, you know, it, it, it took I can't remember what you said, but it was a basically like you know affronted him, you know, on some level, and and it, I just remember watching watching it, you know, being interested in the fight, 
And then all of a sudden, and I don't know how far out from the fight it was, I don't, but I just remember this sensation of like this fight just went from here to sort of here, you know, in intensity. And I remember like the whole of New Zealand logging into this fight. And I think it was a combination of first ever pay-per-view, first ever, you know, these two really good Kiwi boxers are meeting and then the sort of someone's ignited the flame. Every biggest fight in the world that happens is civil war, right? It happens at their own country. So they're, they're the biggest pay-per-view events in the world. All happen yeah. country versus country. And, and, and it had that good. sensation, yeah, it right? It was, yeah. it was... But, like, t- can you tell us, you know, like, did you feel... You know, because whenever you go... Whenever I sledged on a cricket yeah, field, yeah. there's a certain point where once it's out, you can't bring it, put it back in. But yeah. did you have the sense that when you said it, did you realise how big of a, you know... A, a, nah. you know no, I didn't. I didn't. Did I you just think it was part of the build-up? Yeah. yeah, it was just part of the build-up. And I remember Higgins might have been uh, John McRae or David Higgins. They were in business at the time with Duco, so I'm not sure which one of them said. And they just said that. But I called him out after 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 Christchurch when I fought in Christchurch, fought at Cal Stadium there, yeah, that's right. and I knocked out um, the South African champ. And uh, so it was just. Part of the journey in terms of uh, you know, and always confident, you know, always confident that I want to beat David, beat anyone, you know. So it was, uh, you know, I, I was going to knock him out, which I did, and then and then call David Tour out. But I knew it wouldn't happen straight away because David was in limbo at the time. He had yeah. poor bugger going through yeah, all this, that's right, bloody yeah. all this lawyer stuff, and and he'd been limbo for a couple of years, and uh, and I was ranked, uh, I was ranked number six in the world as a heavyweight, you know. So you know, uh, then I called him out. No, I wasn't ring number six at the time, but I, when I called him out and then he didn't respond and nothing really happened, so we came over to banter for a bit and then we just tie-hoed and we just focused on our own journey, you know? And then uh, then I, got, I become ring number six and then and then I looked in the paper one morning, or someone told me it was in the paper, that um, he'd, you know, after however, however long, he'd called me out, you know? So then it become banter then and and, then, and it was weird because we got on all right when we were in the States, you know? We never really... Never really you know, but it was, yeah, so, and then uh, it was just, just stupid, man. I just think, shit, it was just, uh, you know, like, and then David Higgins or, or John McRae, I'm not sure which one it was, said, I oh, talked the fight up, you really talked it up, talk the fight up, you know, get it going. I think, yeah, okay, then, yeah, sweet, let's go going. But it really, I think back now, I go, why did I do that? <laughs> I didn't get any more money, you know? I should have said, okay, if I do that, I want some more money, you know? Yeah, but yeah. obviously, I just didn't care. Yeah, man, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win. I'll knock yeah. him out. You know. Yeah. Got nasty. And then, got nasty. Yeah, got nasty. And, yeah. and then yeah, it was become become. Um, yeah, it was meant to be strictly business, but it become personal. Yeah, got nasty. It become personal and then, shit. But that's just how it was. And there was a fight like um, uh, when it, when it finally happened, and I was I was I was it got postponed actually because I broke broke my hand in Gisborne, so I got it, got it broken in three places here. So I got it. Yeah, took a bone graft from here and fused it in here. And that's the worst thing the doctor ever done because I can't open my fingers now or then. Jesus. So it was just like, yeah. That is munted. Yeah, it is munted, yeah. I don't make excuses, but like, yeah. I didn't really use my right hand the whole camp, fighting David. And Kenny's like, going, we need to pull the fight, we need to pull the fight. I went, no, no, no. But in my head, I think I'll beat him with one punch. I'll, 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 still, I'll still win. <sighs> that didn't bloody happen. Did it? <laughs> 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 uh, bugger got me with his famous left hook, but. You know, but um, you know, but you learn. If, uh, yes, it's hindsight's a good thing, but but at the same time, it's the damage has already happened. And slow down, you, slow you down, big fella. Yeah. We got to remember we don't we don't box. Yeah. Okay. 
So I've heard Mike Tyson say when it's happening, like when he was fighting Vander, yeah. it's not like you're getting hit. He just remembers wham, thump, thump, thump. Yeah. Do you remember getting caught? Nah, nah, it was just, I don't really remember the fight. I don't really remember the fight like I think when I spoke in, at, at, your, at the school. I don't really know what had happened to I watched the replay. I don't know. I don't know what I got caught with. I don't remember going back to the um, to the to the to the corner for the first end of the first round. Yeah, I just don't remember nothing. What do you yeah. remember? What was the earliest memory? Oh, I, don't, I don't remember. Oh, being in the change room. Really? Yeah, being in the change room, getting my hands wrapped, and just thinking, man, I feel good. But I, 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 I it was weird because I trained myself not to get nervous. I used to get all nervous, you know, like everyone does. That I didn't know, you know. I think everyone gets nervous. I'm like, I hate this feeling. I hate this feeling. And, but. I don't know how I trained myself, and then I just then I just wasn't nervous. I was just not nervous for the biggest fight of my career, you know, uh, one of the biggest fights of my career. I didn't get nervous, you know. So when you're not nervous, that means you don't respect your opponent. Uh, and I went out there just too blasé, too relaxed, you know. And then, and then I look back now, I'm nervous. If I can keep you on your edge, if I can, you're sharp and you're you're ready to go when you're relaxed. You're like, you know, I remember being. In the, I do remember in the ring. Yes, I'm in the ring and I'm looking at him. I'm just so nervous. I'm just not even nervous. I'm just so relaxed, I'm just like, fucking like half asleep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For a massive follow, I'm half asleep. You know, I can see why he caught me. So I'm just, yeah. boom, you know? So it's, and, and it's, and I've said to David, like, um, I go, man, you fuck, man. I remember, because I remember certain things, and I remember when we were in, in, in Vegas together, you know, and, and he said, because uh, I was fighting this Indian guy, actually, native Indian guy in Lake, Lake Tahoe. And he wasn't much, you know, of a, of a fighter. He goes, don't worry about him. He goes, make sure you respect him, Shane. You always respect your opponents. Always respect your opponents. Yeah. All you need is one punch in the heavyweight division. Yeah. You know, years later, <laughs> I should have taken his <laughs> advice. You know what I mean? Have you guys ever talked about it? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah we've talked about it. Shane, because I've seen you at events now, you're brothers. Yeah, you know, we're close. Like, Talking, I, I, like I, after, like, many years, and it took me, like, like... I've said to him, it took me seven years to get over it. How did you connect, but? It took me seven years to get over it. Cause so, because so, so, it, it's... And getting over it in terms of, uh, I was just so gutted with how I performed and how I got caught and how... People bring it up. The people, people bring it up yeah. and the trash talking. I think, fuck, I'm just embarrassed. You know, it was just... It took me a long time. And um, then I was mowing the lawns one day and I just said, well, I need to reach out to David. Reach out. I said, man, I'd love, love you and um, um, Helen to come around for, for dinner one night. And he goes, yeah, okay, that'll be cool. So we got on the we got in the garage in the man cave and we started drinking tequila, and it was <laughs> so good. It was such a good night. Yeah, we started talking and like, man, I like I just 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 uh, with some of the things. He goes, man, he goes, shit, man, you know what I was worried about with you, Shane? You know what I was worried about? I said, what's that, Dave? He goes, your body shots, man, your body shots. I go, well, fuck, you didn't let me throw any of them. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't let me throw any of them. Yeah. Yeah, he goes, man, he goes, you know what? I'm glad I knocked you out early. He goes, because I knew if it would come to round six, round seven, you would have beat me up. <laughs> yeah, because I knew but that's where Kenny Rainsfield, who's a great mate of yours. Yeah. And yeah. also was your manager and, yeah. I don't know, mentor, mate, yeah. all around yeah. mate. Yeah. So he, he clashed with David as well, and, and now he's mates. Everyone, yeah, all, the whole yeah. family's recovered. Yeah, we, we all had sort of, we were invited. Yeah, we went to my place, and then another time we went to Kenny and Dania's, which was. Yeah, it's quite, yeah, it's cool. It's where yeah, sports really cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, um, it took 10 years or whatever it was, nearly, I, yeah. I had my own, like, I, I can appreciate how you felt. I got I got hit for six off the last ball of an over and once to lose the match for yeah. New Zealand. Oh, and yeah. um, <clears throat> a terrible feeling, you know, like yeah. you just walk off. 
And I felt terrible. You, you know, you you have to pick yourself up next game. You know, go yeah. out and try and overcome it, right? But it it stays there for a long, long time. Yeah. It ding, yeah. dings you, you know. And but I, the, I had an instance. I was on a plane with my wife, and we we're flying somewhere after I retired. Yeah. And a bunch of young volleyballers from some school, you know, they're going over to play Australia or wherever we're going. Yeah. And um, this young volleyballer walks past. The thing and, you go, and, you go, and all these guys are going, oh, it's Dion, you know, Dion Nash or whatever. And, uh, and like, then this one guy walks past and goes, ah, Dion Nash. And then he goes, you, you fucking loser. Like, you know, six, getting six off the last ball or whatever. And you basically reference directly that yeah. event. And I just looked at this guy and he's like, he would have been 18, yeah. 17, 17, yeah. you know, still yeah. at school. Yeah. And it's and it's one of those things where you just like it all comes back to you, yeah. you know, because it's yeah. like I, I had been I'd been retired for probably yeah. four or five years four, at the time, yeah. and you just got no. All you can do, you know, is think, you know, that guy's the loser, you know, that yeah. guy's gonna. Yeah. What, but who carries that around? But yeah. it's one of those things that I, you must have had so many times because you, 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 you beat yourself up yeah. yourself so much, yeah. right? Yeah. Just walking out in public, yeah. you know, you have that thing. But uh, like, so how cathartic was that? You know, seven years later, but that must just felt like a relief, eh? Just to, yeah, to catch yeah. up with and I, him. And I suppose just time just sorted that out, you know. And then people stopped because it just took so long because was, it was still fresh in people's minds, yeah. You know, and a lot of you know tour supporters wherever I'd go, you know, like um, you know, uh, they just, you know, I'm just going tour, 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 you know, or just the, all those sort of things. Ciao, you know. Just the, so it was funny, uh, oh, you know, but not really, not, not one person came up to me and said, you got knocked that fuck out by two or anything like that, you know. It was, yeah. It was, um, yeah. They'd have to have pretty big balls to do that. <laughs> 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 you know, because I probably wouldn't have responded that good. But, um, it's funny, but Yeah, we... but you just know by them saying those words, that's enough to just go, fuck, man. Yeah, yeah. It puts yeah. me, you know, just like, pressure brings me down. And... Did that, did that, like, that must have been heavy to deal with? Did you, did yeah. You sort of like, yeah. How would it... Yeah, and it's, and it's only just sort of, you know, since I got to know David, you know, personally and, and more it sort of eased it and, and then the stuff that we've done on social and stuff like that, it's just... I think people have just relaxed about it now, you know. So I think well, time heals. Yeah, time heals. Yeah, yeah, time heals. But also, but also, like you know, you've won. Like I, I think I counted up like eight major belts. Like you've, you know, you had you had this amazing journey and career, you know. And it's, but it's one of those things that that's such a massive moment in New Zealand sporting yeah. history, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like that that it's sort of like can overshadow the actually everything else you've done, yeah. you know, yeah. which is which is sort yeah, of like be, a, yeah. and it's like. You know that, but the, the thing is, you know all of the work and everything that you did to build yourself up. That's still there. That's all of that's still in place, mm, right? So mm, that all mm. carries forward. Yeah. Um, and it's like, but it, it's. I mean, I, I think, you know, New Zealand history with that fight. That that's part of New Zealand history. It is you know? now. And, it and you know, you were on the yeah. wrong Try, side. It changed the landscape. There's no but, doubt about it. But it also sort of like for tour as well. Like, you know, it was like just the sort of like magic of, of him as well. Like we, him, I think we all, him again. You I think know, we, him I, and I think we realised how amazing he was. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So Shane gave his place back in history again. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny. We, we had a we had quite a lot of you know good support people. A lot of them never get mentioned. There was this little fellow that was at the Warriors a long time. Very good guy. He used to run round at Shane's Beck and Corn. His name was Don Mann. And Donny, uh, Donny would just do whatever he was told. You know, he's going, you go and get all. The, you get every shit job in the world. You got <laughs> Don's a, Don's an ex cop, mate. So you better, you better be careful what you <laughs> say Don, here. No, no, no. Don, Don's, Don's our man. There's yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. But along the way, there's like, the the uh, 
obviously we were, we were doing a lot of stuff. Don would you know, get all the phone calls. He was screening all the phone calls. And there was a, uh, a good trainer. I, I'm pretty sure he's won a world title with Danny Green. His name's Angelo Hyder. And Angelo Hyder um, got a phone call from Jeff Fennick. Jeff Fennick was up there training Mike Tyson. And Mike was, it was really his last roll of the dice. He got a, he got a shock, a, a real couple of shock decisions, but one against the Commonwealth champion named Danny Williams. He, he had Danny Williams knocked all around the ring and Danny Williams came back and la- lasted the, the Tyson barrage and then knocked Mike out. So this was Mike's last big roll of the dice, you know, to, to re-inflame yeah. the career. And he was just building the, the sparring partners up there and no one wanted to fight him. And they had big Bob Morovic, who was up there, not, not known for, for being the, the most brave man on a bad day. You know, Shane's knocked him out, but good man, Bob. We yeah. all love Bob. Yeah. He was part of our camp for a long yeah. time. Yeah. He doesn't but, love you anymore. But the bottom line is we had an opportunity. Jeff Fennick actually got in touch with Angelo Hyde. rang Don. Don came to me. His, his way and was like, oh, you know, we've got an opportunity for Shane to, to go up to Arizona and spar Mike Tyson. And I was like, Mike, Mike Tyson? Did you fight Mike Tyson? Fight with Mike Tyson? Right, yeah, yeah. Talk us through that whole trip, mate. Yeah, that was an amazing journey. Like, you know, come in, Cullen, and the context here, Mick and Don, and whoever it was to to piece all that together. Because many people say, like, <clears throat> when I said I went up and sparred Mike, they go, well, how the hell did you get that going? I said I was involved with the Warriors, you know, all the connections and stuff with um, Jeff Fennick. and so we went up to Phoenix, Arizona. Um, yeah, that was that was that was a, that was an amazing experience. You know, like, um, you know, certain times of your career, that I, you know, I did well against Mike and. Man, it took so it took a lot of confidence from I was I was eleven and zero. I was undefeated. I was eleven and zero, eleven or twelve and zero, um, ten knockouts, and you know going up there sparring with Mike, you know the formidable man that he is, you know, baddest you know, man on the planet, baddest man on the planet. And Shane, talk us through when you're in the corner, and he's in that corner. You haven't spoken to him, mm, mm. and tell me what you see in the other side of the ring. Yeah, yeah, I would just just. Uh, Hang on, so you haven't spoke, so you don't speak. You just jump up. You just you just you yeah, haven't no, spoken. I, he's I, boxing I, in the corner. You yeah. just. You're just the guy out in the no, shed, and then yeah. you put the gloves on, and then you're in the ring. Yeah, yeah. Because well, what happened was I put in the boots on, cause, and 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 so, you know, like I've never felt an aura of a person before. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, it's my uh, toss. and I'm putting my shoes on, and and the, the gym is dark, and uh, and. The, the, all his coaches and there, all the cameras are there. All the cameras are waiting for him. Like wherever he went, the cameras are fucking thing, and they're waiting for him. And then, and then all I hear, all I hear is like, "You had a swear on this?" And I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So all, oh, I'm, I'm doing my shoes up, and then all I hear is, "All I hear is, you get, be fucking punk ass, fuckers, get the fuck out of my gym, man, get the fuck out of my gym, fucking motherfuckers, get the fuck out." <laughs> and he's walking. I'm thinking, "Fuck, who the fuck, who's that?" And, thinking, and, then, and then it was dark shadow, and then you see Mike start. We're just walking down. I'm like, "Holy shit, that's Mike Tyson!" <laughs> and I'm putting my shoes on. And he's like telling them, "Man, all the picking up their cameras, eh? they're like rushing out the side door." The fuck? Closes the, they close down the thing there. Walk straight past everyone, goes straight into the changing room. And then uh, Jeff Fennett comes out and he said, Oh, fuck, Mike's in a bad mood today. <laughs> <laughs> and, he goes, and he goes, Shane, you're sparring him first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was just like, Oh, yeah, no, no, cool, man. I'm over here. Yeah, I'm over here. I'm, I'm mentally ready. I'm over here. I'm going to spar. I do well. <laughs> you know? And so I get in the ring and they go, we're going to do four rounds. You're going to do four rounds with you, Shane. And then, uh, then we'll, we'll chuck in Bob and then do a couple of more rounds. All right, yeah. I can Danny Collin was my coach. And then uh, Mike comes out and he gets in the corner. I'm thinking, 
fucking, you know, shit, I don't really know what I was thinking. I was thinking, oh, shit, that's my Mike Tyson, you know. <laughs> but at that time, I was thinking, fucking, you know, wake up, boy, let's do it. Um, ding, 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 ding. Danny Collins puts my mouth guard in, turn around. Fuck, he's right there. <laughs> <laughs> he run across the ring and he's just fucking into me, eh? Yeah, yeah. And then on the ropes, I'm, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm thinking, fucking hell, I didn't come all this way to do nothing. So I fucking started throwing some shots back, man. It was just like the this, this scrap could have happened in a phone booth. Yeah, it was just like punch for punch. It was punch for punch, and I'm thinking, and then he's biting his gloves. Like he's standing there and he's like biting. <laughs> yeah, and then I worked out, and while I was thinking that, I was thinking, fucking hell, he's biting his gloves. Like, fucking then yeah, breakfast we come. <laughs> he's just waiting for me, you know? I'm thinking, fucking then I worked out, shit, he's a counterpuncher. You know, he's just, because he's yeah, waiting for me right. to throw, yeah. you know, and as soon as I throw, he's like, oh, man, he's fucking, he's there, boom. You know, he's coming back, I'm like, holy shit, one thing I did really notice, yeah. and the ding, 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 after that first round, I go back to the corner, fuck, I felt like I'd done seven rounds. <laughs> like, holy shit, this is intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we went back out, and then, yeah, then, then after three rounds, I go, right, that's enough. Okay, now, then that was the end of the sparring. I thought, oh, sure, the full mic was carrying on. No, no, it was the end of the sparring. Then next what, for day, the day? Yeah. yeah, for the day. Yeah, yeah for years. You only ever sparred three or four rounds. That's why if you went past that... No, no, well, yeah, but, yeah, but he had planned to do six. Oh, you know, really? he'd do four with me and then two with Bob. But then, you know, I think, oh, shit, I must have given him a good workout. Yeah, and then, yeah, then the yeah, next yeah. day... Yeah. So he used me every day for eight days. Yeah. Didn't use any other boys. Yeah, so it was amazing. So you fought him for eight days in a row? Yeah, yeah, sparring eight Did days Did you ever do row. more than three rounds, or was it just sort of like how? Uh, sort of, yeah, three and four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. three and four, no more than four. What it was just high, so high how, old were you, how old were you at this time? Oh, I'd have been 26, maybe 26 oh, or 20, mate, 20, 26 or 28. Yeah, it was, it was a great experience, but like, um, yeah, it was a funny moment there, because it, when, you know, it's, it's, it's like... Uh, yeah, he's full on. Yeah, he's full on. I always say, man, it's like he's like, I stole his lunch money. He's trying to beat me up, eh? But it's just how it is, you know? And, and that's how I like to spar too. It's, it's, it's heavy. Yeah. There's no there's no tit-tat, no tit-tat. And he's banging away on me, huh? boom, boom, boom. And then he, he catches me in the groin area. Yeah, I said, hey, Mike, what's the low shots? He goes, sorry, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, the baddest man on the planet. He's like, sorry, Shane. Yeah, hey, holy shit. But, um... Yeah, like, uh, just amazing, eh? You know, like, um, should I tell the bathroom one? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gonna so uh, we went down to the big, big sports store and then um, we got all these gloves and that because we were, we were flying out the next day. <laughs> and then uh, we go into, the, go into the gym and Mike just finished his training. I said to Jeff, oh, can I get Mike to sign these gloves? He goes, yeah, no worries, man, he's in the change room. And he's in the, cha- and he's, and he's in the change room and he's, he's got his white towel on. You know, he's like, how you doing, Shane, man? You're a crazy motherfucker, man. I didn't realise they breed crazy white guys like you down in New Zealand. You're a crazy <laughs> motherfucker. And I'll go, hey, Mike, can I get you to sign these gloves? He goes, yeah, no worries, man. He's got his towel on. He sits down on this chair. He sits down on the chair. And then, fuck, he's just, man, you're a crazy motherfucker, man. He's signing it. And then on my peripheral vision, I'm thinking, what the fuck is that hanging down the chair? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm talking to him like that, and I go... <laughs> it's going along the chair and hanging down the chair. And I'm thinking, holy shit. And I go, that can't be right. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Then I get in the car and I go, fuck, I know. Did anyone see that dog man? goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, amazing experience, amazing experience. And then, like, okay, so we fast forward. I was in Vegas probably seven years later with a mum, a mate, and uh, we were in this bar, in this um, 
big African-American guy over there, and he's just like, uh, we started talking, he goes, man, you look like a bit of an athlete, what do you do? I said, oh, boxing. Boxing, my boy's Mike Tyson. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, fuck, I'm sure you yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he goes, I said, oh, she goes, yeah, I sparred Mike in Phoenix, Arizona, 2005. He goes, did you really, did you really spar my boy Mike? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, you know what, man, I'll give him a ring now. Comes up Mike Tyson on the phone. I go, nah, can't be right, eh? No answer, you know? Yeah. Rings back again, no answer. About three hours later, I said, oh, bro, catch you later, man, catch you later. He goes, oh, man, I'll tell you what, I'll give you Mike's number. I'm thinking, man, who gives out Mike Tyson's number? <laughs> you know? So I looked at my mate, and I said, oh, put this number in your phone. And I was going to, you know, I said, I'll oh, just text him. I'm thinking, oh, just, I'm thinking, oh, you know, I don't want to do the whole day story. Yeah, and yeah. I said, hey, Mike, it's Shane Cameron. I'm in town for a couple of days. <laughs> you know, they remember me or not. <clears throat> and then he rings my mate's phone in the morning. So I'm in my room. Hung over. <laughs> yeah, hello. Yeah. Yeah, it's Shane there, man. Shane there. He's like, oh, no, no, no. He's, uh, he's, in, uh, he's in his room. Who's this? It's Mike Tyson. <laughs> Mike Tyson. He goes, what the fuck happened with that Danny Green fight, man? Should have knocked that motherfucker out. <laughs> you know, that motherfucker's just holding Shane too much, man. He's, Shane's too strong for that motherfucker, man. <laughs> man, they should have beat him up, man. Should have knocked him out. My mate's going, holy hell, this is fucking more exciting than my kids <laughs> Holy shit, Mike Tyson. Yeah, he rings my phone, he goes, fuck, you wouldn't believe who just rung my phone. <laughs> Mike Tyson, you want to come and ring him. So I go up the stairs and I think, oh, I hope he answers the phone. First thing he says, how you doing, Shane? You all right, man? I'm like, I'm all right, Mike, I'm all right. How you doing, man? I'm all right, man. I'm just doing my shows and shit. You know, he's doing the shows and yeah, that around the yeah, time, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I said, oh, it'd be cool to catch up. But he's like, oh, I'm busy with my kids. And, but I was just buzzing that he rung me back. Oh, that's you bad. know? What no shout- one realises, after... Shane sparred um, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson rang his manager. His name's Shelley Finkel, one of the most successful boxing managers in the history of boxing. And so I got this kid, he's from New Zealand, we got to help him. Shelley Finkel says, any good? Mike says, yeah, I put my name on it. So Shelley Finkel contacts the number one promoter in the US, whose name's Gary Crawford. Gary Shaw. Gary yeah. Shaw, sorry. Yeah. Gary Shaw. And Gary Shaw signs Shane. And we go up there. Very exciting times. It was, mm. it was very exciting times. And Shane was on HBO fights. And including he, he, in his first fight, he knocked the guy out very early. Mm. And, uh, and, they, and the American public in the Midwest, they, they loved him. But the Mountain Warrior, they were so intrigued. Were you taking calls or the commentary team got you to come over and have a talk? Because they got so many calls come in. Who is this guy? So the commentary team got over and Shane did an interview on, which is never heard of on the undercard. And we had a couple of fights up there. Shane won one of his fights up there. Fantastic. And then, um, and then Gary... So Gary, unfortunately, had a contract over Shane and he just left us in limbo. He just... It was, because what happened, when we went up there to fight, we actually... We had a... To be honest, we had a net return of about 60 grand. It cost Gary a lot. It wasn't a very good deal for him. So he put us on ice for quite a long time. And, and I don't know, actually, I, I was gone by then, so... Yeah, yeah. Is, and how much? Yeah, because there's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, that's all of the politics. That, you know, of, of, yeah, it's I guess crazy that, that's the crazy thing of sport. It's of, of boxing from the outside. It always seems like, you know, why can't the the best guys just fight each other more often? You know, it sort of seems like you've got to work your way around. But I guess well, so, many, make, so yeah. much of the background is those deals. Yeah, it's all about who's got the who's got the contracts. Those big fights, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, no, that should have. It's look. To be quite frank, it, it's funny because. Um, and we've never talked about this, but you know, Shane, Shane moved, or I moved away. 
you know, we split or whatever. I was done with sport. I was, I was, in, a, I wasn't in a good place to be honest. My media, the whole thing with the media was out of control, and I couldn't fucking get out. I don't know why I stayed in Auckland. But, I, but over the next twelve months, I always made a promise to Monty Beetham that if you ever, you know, come back, we'll do something together. And not, not ever thinking he wanted to do the boxing. Monty came back. Shane had a new trainer now. Danny was gone. He was with Kenny, but still with Cullen Investments. Monty came back and said, oh, I want to fight. I was like, what do you mean you want to fight? I want to, I want to box. That's what I want to do. And you said you always, you always said you'd back me, you know? I was like, so I said to Danny, no, well, you jump in the ring and spar him. And if he's any good, shit, you know, I'm out yeah. of my word, we'll do yeah. it. So he jumped in the ring and sparred Monty and said, yeah, he's good. So suddenly Danny and Monty and we went off this journey. But the whole thing about that story was I, I, I became a promoter more than a manager. So, so over, the, over the term of promoting Shane... And we broadcast from Nevada and, and, and Reno and Tahoe and I learned so much about that. And by the time I got to Monty, I also had a, a guy named Muhammad Azawi who was world-ranked, a guy named Peter Karayuki who was world-ranked. They both had Commonwealth titles and they were in the top ten in the world in their weight class. An up-and-comer called Steve Heremeyer who could have been a bit more than what he was. During that, during that time, like if Monty and Shane and David and everyone, would, because we were a very small country, if it would have come together... I actually think Shane would have fought. I think Shane would have fought. Like, I had discussions with, with Don King and with Bob Arum about Shane fighting Evander Holyfield, but we just... It's really weird in this, in this boxing entity. For a long time, David and Shane never talked, and Ray Seffer never talked to any of us, and then we didn't talk to Ken and... So during that time, Shane, when, when Monty Beathard's round, doing his own thing, and, uh, and then he, he moves away from boxing... Yeah. But suddenly you guys end up in a fight for life, a professional fight at a catch weight, I guess. Yeah. And... Um, you know, as an outsider, you know, you'll bend him over the ropes. I don't know if you're getting a bonus to knock him out or not, but you, but you guys, the Warriors, were like that. Yeah. And then by the end of that fight, you would go, I, I would struggle to believe that you're not like that. Maybe it's recovered now. Yeah. Talk yeah. to you. Yeah. Um, it's... Uh, <laughs> um, Something happened in the ring that night, there's no doubt. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of banter coming from Monty's side, you know, like Monty's Don't side. Don't let him tell you what happened. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of banter coming from one side, and it was it was a strictly business one, the same thing. But then uh, inside the ring, I did get a bit annoyed with Monty how he conducted himself, but because um, it was a charity fight, but it was still a pro fight. But it was six two-minute rounds, which is which is not a pro fight. Six two-minute yeah, rounds, it's gonna be six threes. Yeah, but at that time I was fighting twelve rounders, you know, so it was yeah. it was coming back and it was it was a different sort of style. We we use sixteen-ounce gloves as opposed to tens. Um, but yeah, I had to, yeah, had to live yeah, the place. Yeah, yeah, Monty, man, like he's a he's a great athlete. You know, I really? take nothing away from him. Just tremendous athlete, and he stayed away from me anyway. You know, he's just been cheeky bugger, and then he'd run away. I think stay stay there. But um, was there a bonus? Nah, oh, there was. Yeah, there was a promoted bonus of I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Fifty grand. Yeah. Um, nah, well for he's just catching up. He's just <laughs> catching up on gossip. <laughs> no, no, he no, just no, wants no, the gossip. No, it's worth it's worth talking about because yeah, okay, really might have been ten grand bonus. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Hang on, so you got a bonus if you knocked Monty out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that a true thing? It was, yeah, I think it was for no, Monty. Was yeah. Did Monty get a bonus? Was, was, he, was there a bonus for Monty if he beat you or knocked yeah, you out? Yeah, it would have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he, no doubt, yeah. If he survived or... Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. um, and what were the words for the band? Do you remember? No, nah, I don't remember. He hit you when you were in the, uh, in the, the referee had hold of you both? Yeah, might have done. I, I mean, I, I struggle to remember all of my fights, any of my fights, you know, like, so, um, <laughs> but, He's um, a great bloke. Yeah, yeah. You were great mates. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we still get on well now, you nice. know. 
yeah. That's no, sport, right? It is sport, you know, it's just what happens in the ring, stays in the ring, but sometimes it can stay with you a little bit longer, you know, yeah, like, you know, just like, <clears throat> there's that saying, you're only as good as your last fight or match or whatever like that, but like, when you talk about your incidents, you know, it wasn't the case, eh? You know, you come back and you still you still, still hold on to it. It's like I come back and fought Monty, Monty Barrett, you know, who, who, who beat David. <clears throat> that was the closest victory I could get of, of beating David, you know, but beating the man that beat the man, you yeah. know, and yeah. I knocked him out in four rounds and, but it still wasn't that beating David. It's not David. enough. No, it's not it still enough. wasn't that David. And, and even when we talked, then he goes, shit, man, I was hoping you wouldn't ask for a rematch. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, shit, I love a rematch. I just love a rematch. But it never happened. And just, it's just all about timing, you know? And just, I'm, yeah, I'm just glad how everything worked out and we're all good and, yeah. In terms of, like, just you now, post, you've got your own business, you're doing... Um, amazing sort of things. You've got your own boxes you're bringing forward and training and, and running your own events. Um, you know, what's life like for you now? Like, you know, you've 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 had your, a career, but it sounds like you know you're still moving forward. There's still things to do. Yeah, yeah. I still love the sport of boxing. You know, I still love the sport of boxing. It's sort of it's given me so many opportunities. You know, it's grown me as an individual. You know, greatly. You know, <clears throat> the fitness industry is is sort of where it's at. For me, anyway, you know, like not going back to farming and <laughs> riding the horses, you know, that's uh, that's yeah, they, they, little Jimmy the lambs are safe now. Not interested, they work too hard, they work too hard. But yeah, my focus is is um, my fight nights, promoting my fight nights. Yeah, um, <clears throat> you want to grow them, yeah. uh, fighters look after fighters, manage fighters. I don't really want to get too much into the training side yeah. of things, it just takes a lot of time up, and I want to focus on the business side. Um, and I've started up a boxing brand, um, Counterpunch, you know, so that's that's from that's, awesome. that's from boxing wraps to boxing rings and everything, you know, I've got sort of eighty SKUs at the moment. So um, and so that's that's a fresh business and it's it's got some good legs, but it just you know, it's it's you know, it's getting to understand the marketing and digital marketing and you know, Google AdWords and all that sort of stuff and getting the brand out there, you know, it's like you can't sell a secret, eh? You know, so no, that's, yeah. that's all new to me and it's you know, they go, what, you know, meet with people, they go, what's your marketing budget? I said, I don't have one, you know, so it's just working out all those sort of things. We need to find a budget for a day, otherwise, you know. <clears throat> so, so so, it's all new stuff, you know, manufacturing of, of goods and, you know, I never thought I'd enter into that area, you know. It's pretty cool, you know. You're developing this product that, that you've come up with a name and you've designed it and, and um, all of a sudden it lands and then yeah. you try all these things and some things don't work and some things do and... Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. It's really exciting for for me, and we don't, I don't really know where it's going to go. But um, I just keep working hard at it, and we we'll just just see what happens, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying where things are. You know, I always say life is what you make it. You know, um, I've made it to where it is now anyway, and nice. just just keep uh, just keep pushing forward and keep challenging myself, you know. So it's uh, yeah, I just love helping people out. Two young young fighters coming through, and it's a hard go. Yeah, it's a hard go. It's uh, <coughs> it's. Um, you know, they don't really make any money with, with like, um, unless they're a superstar, but even with a superstar, they still need someone, you know, Joseph Parker was picked up by, by, uh, by Duco, really. If Duco hadn't picked him up, you know, he would have been, right. he would have been nowhere, you know. So, right. if, if Mick hadn't picked me up, you know, I would have been nowhere, you know. So it's like, uh, it's getting that opportunity, you know, it's just getting that opportunity and that's where, you know, I've got some good ties with some, some business guys and stuff like that, which can maybe help young, young fighters that come through and give them the opportunity that I had. You know, and then the, what I learnt along the way, and you know, it's all about experience. So eh? you can't buy experience; you got to live it and earn it, eh? You know, so no, nah, it's cool. It's cool. You know, I do appreciate you guys bringing me in here too. It's oh, mate. Well, listen, I, you know, 
you're a champ for coming in here. Yeah, I've thank you. totally enjoyed hearing your stories and like, you know, you watch people from afar and and it's not until you hear their story up close and what a journey and, you know, an inspiration for people, you know, just to hear that focus to leave school young, but that focus has always been there. So um, we wish you the best of luck with Counterpunch and everything else you're doing. Um, and, you know, thanks for everything. It's been a great journey and, and wonderful to hear the stories tonight. Thank you, buddy. Good on your Cheers, mate. Thanks, mate. What about the mitts on it? Look at that. <laughs> 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 I was careful with my question. I didn't oh, want to get too. I, I was leaning. I wasn't leaning in as comfortably as I normally yeah, do. I was like, oh, sure. If I get too cheeky. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming. In. No, really no, pleasure. It. Pleasure.